welcome to the Purpose Inspired Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Visser, and this season is based on my book, Thriving, The Breakthrough Movement to Regenerate Nature, Society, and the Economy. Let's get to it. Scant 
attention to a sign warning of dangers. Beware of hippos, sharks, crocodiles, and the strong current, it said. I was born and grew up in Africa, and signs like this are not unusual or cause for any great panic. They simply mean keep your eyes peeled and your wits about you. Be aware, but not afraid. Of the four risks, the least obvious one turned out to be the deadliest. When my wife and I went for a swim in the oceans, the waves were big and the tide was strong, but this only made it more fun. Neither of us is a stranger to swimming in the ocean, and we had no fear. However, at a certain moment, we noticed that we were no longer able to touch the seabed. A riptide, which is a strong undertow current, was dragging us further and further out to sea. When we tried to swim back to the shore, it was futile. The current was too strong. In the end, by swimming diagonally across the current, we made it back to the beach. But there were a few frightening minutes as we became fatigued when we didn't think we would make it. We nearly drowned. When you come face to face with death like that, it gets you thinking deeply about life. Life is fragile and precious, and we have so little time on this earth. My relief was quickly followed by gratitude for being alive, for being given a second chance, and then reinforced by a strong resolve to make a positive difference in the world with whatever time I had left. I see this personal story as a powerful metaphor for the state of the world. The fact is that we face many serious risks as a global society. Climate change, pandemics, growing inequality, species extinction, extremism, cyber attacks, toxic pollution and many others. And like the sign on the beach, they are all dangers that we have been warned about but have chosen to ignore or downplay. I understand why we do this. Responding to the global challenges we face interferes with our plans. They are, as Al Gore put it, inconvenient truths. The outcomes may be too scary to contemplate, and the solutions may be too expensive. No wonder ignorance is bliss. There are none so blind as those who do not want to see. But closing our eyes does not make the problems magically disappear. On the other hand, if we can face up to the dangers and turn them into opportunities, our lives can be even better than before. If we can weather the storm, we will be more alive than ever. I learned some interesting lessons that day, and maybe we can apply them to our global challenges as well. I realized that it was not the riptide that would have killed us. Rather, it was the fact that we panicked and nearly lost hope. We almost gave up the fight. This book is about not giving up. Its main theme is thriving, which is not unlike what I experienced in the wake of my encounter with death. I felt alive, invigorated, rejuvenated, and filled with renewed purpose. In the same way, right now, we are navigating extraordinary global crises that could result in either the collapse or the thriving of nature, society, and the economy. 
It is a time of great transformation in the world when rapid changes are bringing innovative solutions to counter the great dangers we face. I will share stories of the hundreds of ways in which we are choosing life over death and possibility over despair. My message is simple. Don't panic. There is hope. We will survive. We will even thrive. I know this because it is already happening all around us. Thriving as a force for life. Thriving is possible for life on Earth because of regeneration. All organisms, including humans, live and breathe and continue to exist because they regenerate. The same is true for other living systems, such as ecosystems, societies and economies. Without regeneration, there would be no spring flowers, no seasonal return of birds, bees and butterflies, no babies being born, no infants turning into children, teenagers and adults, no startup enterprises, no corporations, no technology innovations, no political parties or governments, no development of countries, no rise of civilizations, no forests and oceans alive with species, no living earth. Thriving is a natural process, but it is not the only process of life. We also see degeneration, processes of decline, decay and death. Scientists go further to say that there is an inherent tendency in the universe towards disorder or chaos called entropy. The world tends towards disorganization, they say, and we see the signs all around us. We are born, but we also die. Beyond the human life cycle, whole species emerge and go extinct. Companies are formed and file for bankruptcy. Stock markets have bull runs and crashes. Economies boom and go bust. Civilizations rise and they fall. Ecosystems thrive but can also collapse. Yet it is this very somber reality of degeneration that makes life all the more incredible. Since living organisms and living systems more generally regularly and continuously defy those processes of destruction and death. Life constantly triumphs over death. It tends towards synergy, where parts join to form a greater whole. Living systems create structure in the midst of randomness. They allow order to emerge from chaos. This is thriving, and it is a life-affirming process that does not happen by chance. It takes energy and resources and time. It requires the forging of complex relationships. To be sure, life does not always thrive, but as humans, we can consciously choose to create or destroy, to build up or break down. We do not always choose wisely. We sometimes choose short-term gain over long-term survival. We choose selfish actions over sharing with others. We choose personal comfort and convenience over fairness in society or balance in nature. But we also often make positive choices, choices of solidarity and conservation, choices that will benefit our children and their children, 
choices that respect the dignity of others and the right of all life to exist. These are choices in support of thriving. Our choices matter now more than ever. The decisions we make and the actions we take in the next 10 years will determine whether nature, society and the economy break down or break through. I'm confident we will choose to thrive as many have done before us. Regeneration as a path to thriving can be traced throughout history as seen through the eyes and action of philosophers and scientists, governments and religions, merchants and artists. What is new, however, is our deeper understanding of the science of thriving and how it can be practically applied in areas such as agriculture and architecture or business and leadership. Each discipline has been quick to claim a version of the concept for itself, especially the regenerative agriculture movement. And in the episodes that follow, I celebrate many of these practices. But I also hope to show that to thrive, we must apply regenerative thinking equally to nature, society and the economy encompassing our health, organizations, infrastructure, technologies, resources, and ecosystems. To use a medical metaphor, the movement towards thriving is not a drug cure for a particular disease, but rather the necessary shift to a healthy lifestyle. The metaphor is especially apt because our world is sick. In some instances, it is even dying. In the fateful tango between life and death, degeneration has claimed the upper hand in many areas, but we still have the chance to tip the odds back in our favor towards life and thriving.